everyone. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum, and thank you all so much for being here. It is that time again, friends. It's a serial killer series starting today. That's right. We're in for another rough ride with this one. I know we do say that a fair bit, but it is kind of the nature of what we do here. Right. It's what we signed up for. But yet again, we're covering one of those people who was so unbelievably evil that it's hard to believe this story is real. Today we are covering Robert Hansen, who is best known for the fact that he would kidnap many of his victims and fly them into the Alaskan wilderness on his small plane. He would then turn them loose and proceed to hunt them down. For his crimes, he was sentenced to a whopping 461 years. So let's get into the story of Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker. Some of you might be familiar with this story already. The 2013 thriller called The Frozen Ground, starring the one and only Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Vanessa Hudgens, and 50 Cent himself. We haven't really covered anyone like Robert Hansen yet in the sense that he was one of those incel type guys. And okay, so let's quickly just get into exactly what an incel is for those of you who might be unfamiliar with that term. Yay. <laughs> so incel is short for involuntary celibate. These are people who essentially want to have sex, but blame others for the fact that they aren't really getting any. This often leads to a deep-rooted hate, most often for women. These are the kind of guys who whine and cry about how women don't like them, but refuse to actually acknowledge that it's because they're kind of shit human beings. And this is something I spent a lot of time dealing with back in my streamer days. I say that like it's so long ago, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, oftentimes there are people who just hate you and think you should die just because you're a woman. And honestly, you can fuck right off with that kind of attitude. Do better. Yeah. We aren't going to get too much far into that just yet, um, but I am sure that both of us could rant about incels for literally hours on end. Yes, and instead of that, we're just going to focus on old Bob instead. A man who not only hunted down women for sport, he did it all while running a bakery and convincing everyone around him that he was just a meek family man who loved his kids and wife. The total number of his victims is unknown, although it has been agreed upon that the number is around 17 to 21, but that doesn't include all of the sexual assaults he's committed. Like we mentioned before, this case takes us all the way to Anchorage, Alaska. We actually have some listeners from Alaska, so hi! Hello! I know we're getting into some pretty dark stuff today, but I have to say I have always wanted to visit Alaska. On the way to Jasper National Park, there's a sign that says Scenic Route to Alaska, and I have always wanted to take it. My sister lives up north, and she's taken it a few times, and she said it gets very, almost scary remote. There's no cell service, and it's complete mountainous wilderness for literally, like, hundreds of kilometers with no services, no gas stations, nothing in between. Also, if you didn't know, up near Grand Cache, there is a medium security prison up in the mountains mm -hmm. as well. And about 15 years ago, my parents and my sister and some friends of theirs drove all the way up to Alaska from where we are in Alberta, and they camped nearly the whole way. Um, but all that to say, the idea of being kidnapped and then taken into one of the most 
remote and unforgiving places on the planet is like something from a horror movie. And I know we say that a lot, but it definitely sounds like a Stephen King thriller or something. Oh, absolutely. Robert Hansen's crime spanned from 1971 to 1983. So first of all, let's take a second to talk about what Anchorage, Alaska was like in the 1970s. The building of the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline began in the middle part of the decade, and along with it came a population boom. Along with the increase in population came a huge spike in crime. Many of the people who arrived at Anchorage were there for work and were eager to relax in their downtime, often in the form of going out to bars for a few drinks after work. The fact that it was so out of the way appealed to many folks who wanted to get away from the busyness of the cities. It also became a place where people who were either hiding from something or on the run would go. Not everyone who arrived there had plans to stay forever. A lot of folks would work there over the summer or just stay until they had enough money saved up to leave and settle somewhere else. It wasn't uncommon that people wouldn't get too attached and that someone would just up and leave. And that was a fairly regular thing. During this time, Anchorage also saw a huge increase in sex workers, many of whom would usually only work there for a couple of months and then leave. This is where Robert Hansen would find his victims. And it goes without saying, but we're going to slap a big old trigger warning on this one because we're going to be covering some of his victims in this episode. Yes, this story may not be for everyone, and we more than understand. As always, we're going to take things to the beginning. Robert Christian Hansen was born on February 15th, 1939 in Esterville, Iowa to Edna and Christian Hansen. We don't know a whole lot about Edna, but we do know that she was a pretty quiet woman and a fairly typical 1930s housewife. Robert's father was a strict Danish immigrant who believed in all work and no play. He was a baker by trade, and it wasn't long until little Bob began working in the bakery himself. It shouldn't come as a surprise that he and his father didn't really get along, although they did spend much of their free time engaging in their favorite pastime, hunting. And this isn't just hunting for food. This is big game hunting for sport. From a very young age, he would work long hours with his father. By the time he was a teenager, he was spending essentially all of his free time working, which left little room in his schedule for things like hanging out with friends or going on dates. It also didn't help that he was pretty small for his age and had severe acne. He would often refer to his face as one big pimple. If he wasn't being bullied for his skin, he was being laughed at whenever he spoke. Robert had a severe stutter. About his youth, he said, From the scars and so forth on my face you can probably see, I could see why girls wouldn't want to get close to me. During my junior high or high school days, I could not control my speech at all. I was always so embarrassed and upset with it from people making fun of me that I hated the word school. And let's take a second to talk about how he developed this stutter. This is from a time when kids were punished for being left-handed. And unfortunately for Robert, he was amongst these kids. He was severely punished by both his father and teachers for his left-handedness, and the trauma of this caused him to start stuttering. And this would continue on into adulthood. 
It honestly doesn't surprise me that this traumatized him this bad because my granddad often talks about his experiences with Catholic school and he was, surprise, surprise, also left-handed. He said many times that he was punished and berated by his teachers if they caught him either, you know, like using it to write or draw or use tools in woodworking class. Because especially in Catholic schools, left-handedness was seen as like sinful or from the devil. So... That's so dramatic. It really is. And can I sneak this in here? Fun fact. If you know anything about optometry or you're a glasses or a contacts wearer, you might notice that on your prescription, it'll say OD and OS. And Uh OD means right eye. OS means left eye. And this comes from the Latin oculus dexter, dexter meaning right-handed because it's dexterous, and oculus sinister, sinister meaning left-handed from the devil. So fun fact for you there. I I don't know where that came from, but I love it. <laughs> fun facts <laughs> with Charlotte. But anyway, I back like, to Robert. I, I wish you could see me because like my jaw was dropped and I was just like taking in all of this information. I am left-handed. Really? I am yes. right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember in elementary, like I didn't understand it then, but looking back now, it makes sense. I remember them like taking me aside and I sat in the library with like some random lady and she would put a bunch of stuff in front of me and ask me to like grab stuff like, oh, grab the red block. And then I would grab it and then she would like write down what hand I used. That's wild. Even because like, obviously, we're uh, we weren't around in the 70s. So it's crazy to me that even when you were in elementary school, that was still kind of noticed at the very least i wasn't punished for it but it was like discouraged if that makes sense yeah that's crazy and this was in the mid 90s like that's like that's just so bizarre and random to me like focus on other things no kidding um anyway back to robert yes um he didn't have too many friends and people who knew him around this time would later say that as a child they actually had trouble getting close to him Anytime he attempted to talk to a girl, he would get laughed at and ridiculed. So eventually he developed a severe hatred for the girls in his school that he found attractive. He would often fantasize about getting his revenge on them by humiliating and hurting them. So from a very young age, he absolutely loathes women. He's so incredibly angry that they have no interest in him and that they're laughing at him. And we're very quickly going to see him acting out on this hatred. After high school, he enlisted in the United States Army Reserve, but was discharged after about a year. This was also when he lost his virginity to a sex worker. He would later complain that the entire encounter was far too businesslike, and that it essentially didn't seem to him like she cared that much about him emotionally. Which, like, yeah, I doubt that she did, buddy. No kidding. To be honest, dude, she doesn't give a shit about you. She no. has a job to do and she's done it. Like, what more do you want from her, honestly? Pay her and leave. Exactly. Thank you. In 1960, he met and married a young woman, but that marriage wouldn't last long. By this point in his young life, Robert was filled with rage and the desire for revenge. He was angry about being discharged from the military and for being kicked out of a volunteer role that he clearly outgrew. He obsessed over these feelings and he would just stew in his anger. And eventually he realized that he was just straight up angry at the entire town. Just, you know, the whole damn place. He decided to take his anger out on everyone by burning down the local school bus garage. 
He enlisted one of the younger bakery employees to help him out, but he didn't count on the kid confessing almost immediately after. Robert maintained his innocence and convinced his father that he didn't do it. Unfortunately, his father believed him and declared to everyone who would listen that his son was being falsely accused. Many people respected Christian Hansen enough that they agreed it could not have been him. That is until Robert started saying, well, maybe I did do it. He was caught very quickly and sentenced to serve three years in prison. He served just under two. While he was incarcerated, his wife filed for divorce, and just like that, Bob was a bachelor yet again. Apparently, his father was so upset that he and his mother actually moved away and they bought a small camping resort in Leech Lake, Minnesota, which sounds pretty. I fucking loathe leeches. Why why don't they name things after pretty things? Why did they name it Leech Lake? Like, that's not very good for marketing. Name it literally like anything else. Like, name it Water Lake. It doesn't matter. Like, anything other than Leech Lake. Awful. He managed to very quickly find another wife, which is honestly quite surprising to me. And in 1963, the two decided that they wanted a fresh start, and the best place to do that was in Anchorage, Alaska. It honestly blows me away how many of these guys find wives so easily. Like, ladies, do better. You deserve far better than Robert fucking Hansen, that's oh my for sure. goodness, absolutely. And apparently her parents were very against this marriage. I mean, at least someone in this situation was. His new wife was very religious, and she was of that whole, like, the husband is always right mentality, so she was never one to argue with Robert or disagree with him in any way. This was also around the time that Robert just began stealing for the fun of it. However, no one knew about this secret hobby of his. He had already learned how to hide his pastimes from his family quite well. He also began spending a lot of his time at local strip clubs, and he began to enjoy the company of women who he would hire to have sex with him. And all this time, his wife truly had no idea The two continued to display an image of a squeaky clean family. They were legitimately well-liked. On the outside, Robert came off as someone who was easy to get along with. In fact, he was friends with numerous reputable men and women in their area. After his father died, Robert inherited his gun collection, and this was when he took his love of hunting to a whole other level. He ended up breaking numerous world hunting records and was well known for his talents. Along with his guns, he would often use a bow and arrow to take down his prey. And while Robert continued to play the part of a well-liked family man, the depravity of his crimes was beginning to grow. In the early 1970s, he began to commit more serious crimes. He was arrested twice in 1971, first for the abduction and attempted sexual assault of a housewife whose identity seems to be unknown, and he was also arrested for the sexual assault of a sex worker. For this, he served less than six months. In 1977, Robert was arrested and sentenced to serve five years in prison for the theft of a chainsaw, and the difference in those two sentences infuriates me. It's honestly shameful how it certainly appears that 
the value of a chainsaw is more valuable than, you know, the life of a woman or the safety of a woman. It's ridiculous. But it goes to show how little sex workers were regarded right and that's why they were the perfect victims for him because he would realize very quickly hey if i hurt these particular people they don't really seem to care as much totally and you guys um might have heard the term like less dead in the sense that it implies there's certain people that are not noticed when they go missing or not listened to. And it's a horrible part of a system that fails people over and over again. And we're really going to see a lot of that in this story, unfortunately. While he was incarcerated, he underwent a psychiatric evaluation. The result of it was a bipolar diagnosis for Robert. It was also reported that he had an infantile personality and was obsessed with getting back at everyone that had ever wronged him. The psychiatrist requested that Robert was medicated with lithium to manage his new diagnosis. However, he was released soon after and the medication was never enforced. His sentence was actually overturned due to an appeal as it was considered quote-unquote too harsh. He and his wife had two children who we're not going to name in the episode for their own privacy. Their information is out there and it doesn't look like they've really consented to it, so we're just going to admit all of that. The Hansen family moved into a lovely home on the edge of town, and things seemed to be going very well. By now, Robert had saved up enough money to open up his own bakery. It was successful, and life appeared to be very happy for the Hansons. However, things could not be further from the truth. Robert continued to set his sights on local sex workers. Oftentimes, he would make them act out fantasies that he had, featuring various sadomasochistic acts. The area where the sex workers would mostly hang out was also really close to his bakery, so his two different lives were essentially quite close together, so to speak. He was able to play the family man who runs a bakery role, and then when that was over, his darker life was a hop, skip, and a jump away. Which meant his victims were not only close by, but they were accessible. He would essentially be able to see the women from the window of his bakery and would spend time watching them all day. Like we mentioned before, we don't know the exact number of victims. The following murders are either ones that he's proven to have committed, others are ones that he's confessed to. We're going to let you know which is which. We also just want to point out that thanks to new DNA testing, there are unsolved murders being linked to him, some as recently as 2021. Because of this, it can be a little difficult to pinpoint the exact order of his kills. We're going to start with Celia... Beth Van Zanten. Before we get into Celia's murder, who usually went by Beth, we just want to clarify a few things because this one is a little different. So this murder is still considered unsolved. However, after his arrest, an aircraft map of his was found with various X marks on it. The body of Beth was found at one of these X markings. Robert Hansen would refuse to confess to her murder. A pattern of his that we're going to see emerge quickly is that he would confess to killing sex workers, but he'd deny killing women who were not involved in that world. However, it's been proven that not all of his victims were in the sex work industry, and in my mind, that's just how he tries to justify his killings, because he's willing to admit that he killed sex workers, because again, he sees them as less than, and in his own twisted mind, that is okay. Beth was only 18 years old. 
On December 22, 1971, she had been at home with two of her older brothers. At one point in the evening, she left to visit a convenience store. She was never seen alive again. Beth was found with her wrists tied behind her back with speaker wire. Her body showed signs of sexual assault and her chest was slashed with a knife. However, this horrible injury was not what killed her. She managed to get away at some point and escaped. She was running in deep snow with her hands tied behind her and while running she fell approximately 50 feet. Somehow, she managed to survive the fall and continued to try and run for safety. Her body was found days later after everything she had endured. Celia Van Zanten had succumbed to the cold. Robert Hansen's second victim was most likely 17-year-old Megan Siobhan Emmerich, who was last seen on July 7, 1973, in Seward, Alaska. If we're going by this believed list of victims, we're going to see that he has a pretty long cooling off period after the first kill, but he's going to start to snowball very quickly. I mean, it often happens with these guys, right? Oh, 100%. The escalation is undeniable. Megan was a student at what is now the Alaska Vocational Center. She was last seen walking out of the shared laundry room that her dorm had. She vanished without a trace and left all of her belongings behind. She wasn't reported missing until July 10th. However, her roommate spent the three days searching everywhere for her. We don't know a ton about this murder, and it's another one that, again, is still considered unsolved, but... Robert Hansen was in Seward during the time that Megan went missing. Not only that, he marked an X on his map where her body was found, and he also confessed to another inmate when he was incarcerated that he took her to a remote cabin where he murdered her and buried her in a shallow grave. We're going to see this pattern with him. He confesses things to inmates, but he refuses to talk to the police about it because, like we mentioned, this is usually in the cases where the woman he murdered wasn't a sex worker. It seems to me like he wants to be a big macho man that kills women in front of other inmates, but when it comes to actually confessing and doing the right thing, he is incapable of it. And that's where with him, with like these murders, I wonder because is it a Pee Wee Gaskins thing where he was just confessing to everything or did he actually do this? But at the same time, why did he have the spots marked on the map? I agree 100%. I think as much as they are officially considered unsolved, to me, the fact that one, he bragged about it in prison, and two, he's literally X marked the spot. Mm -hmm. That's really all I need to see in this particular case. Given what we know did actually happen for sure, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Mary Kathleen Till was a 22-year-old married woman who was also last seen in Seward. She actually vanished two days before Megan Emmerich, but her body would not be located until later. Mary lived in Seward with her husband who worked on the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. She was a student who went to the same school as Megan. One day, her friend drove her to a bakery, and I want to clarify it wasn't his bakery, uh, but she dropped her off there, and a friend of hers saw her at a nearby waterfall between 1.30 and 2 p.m., but after that, she was never seen again. This was extremely out of character for her. She was not the kind who would go anywhere without telling her husband and loved ones. Her body was found on another spot that was marked on Robert's map. This is yet another murder that he would deny. 
Personally, I'm convinced that he committed these because he had an extremely negative outlook when it came to sex workers. He had no issues admitting that he killed them, but we see this with a lot of serial killers where they admit to just about everything they did, but then hold back on the stuff that they happen to feel shame over, or they just don't see equally to their other killings. Because again, I hate to bring up Ted Bundy, but he killed underage girls, and we know that, but he refused to talk about those. But with his other murders, he wouldn't shut up about them. I think what it boils down to is he had convinced that he was somehow doing something righteous by killing sex workers because he saw them as lesser human beings. Yeah. Um, But the fact of the matter is he was just a piece of shit who hated women. But because there isn't that stigma um, that the sex workers carry with them, he had to kind of be like, no, I didn't do that because they weren't sex workers. And I only attack sex workers because they're bad. And it's like, no, Robert, you're just a piece of shit. Sorry about it. Yeah, like he's self-righteous with something that he has no right being self-righteous about. 100%. This next one is particularly sad, and I mean, they're obviously all very sad, but the true identity of this victim has yet to be discovered. She is only known as Eklutna Annie, which comes from the fact that her body was discovered one mile south of South Eklutna Lake Road in Eklutna, Anchorage, Alaska. Her exact age at the time of death is unknown, although she was most likely between 16 and 25 years old. She was involved in the sex work industry, possibly as a dancer. It's most likely that she was murdered in 1979. However, her body wouldn't be found until the following year. She was found wearing a brown leather jacket, a light-colored knitted sleeveless shirt, blue jeans, and red knee-high high-heeled boots. She was also wearing a metal bracelet with three turquoise stones, a copper necklace, and gold-plated hoop earrings. She was either Caucasian or of Aboriginal descent. This was the first murder that Robert Hansen would actually confess to. Therefore, we do know a bit more about what happened, or at least his version of events. He didn't admit to killing her until 1984, but he did remember that she was possibly from Kodiak, Alaska. Robert picked her up and they agreed to go back to his place. They passed house after house, but Robert continued to drive. Eventually, she realized that he was just going further than they agreed and she commanded that he stop. He told her that he was just going a little further, to which she replied, well, I'm not. He then pulled a gun out and told her to do everything he said or he would kill her. He also said that once he took her to Eklutna Lake, his truck got stuck in the mud and he actually made her help him get it out. He told her that he was just going to take her home because he was over the entire thing. She didn't believe him. Once it was unstuck, she took off, but he caught up to her quickly. He then grabbed her by the hair and pulled so hard that she fell to the ground. She then screamed and begged him not to kill her. He promised her that he wouldn't as he tied her up in an attempt to calm her down. He then laid her face down and stabbed her once, killing her almost immediately. Since the discovery of her body, numerous 2D and 3D reconstructions of her face have been done in an attempt to figure out just who she was. In 2020, a new facial reconstruction was done, but it doesn't seem like we're much closer to finding out her identity, despite the fact that it seems like there are still people out there determined to give her a name. 
And honestly, we've recently seen both the boy in the box and the lady of the dunes identified thanks to new genetic testing that's being done. So I'm always trying to stay optimistic when it comes to these cases. And I legitimately hope that they find out who she is so her family can have some closure and she can have a proper burial after all of this time. We also just want to share a quote from Autumn Smith, who is an advocate for missing and murdered women regarding this. Identifying Eglutna Annie means that no matter how you lived, whatever circumstances that you're in, that even after death there is a quality here. She deserves just as much as a search for her people as any other victim, as any other survivor. I could not have said that better myself. Really? And it's 100% true. A human being is a human being. They deserve the right of any other. It was honestly, when I looked into her, I felt a sense of relief to see that there are still people actively trying to figure out who she was. Yes, because I, there has to be someone out there that knows something or because she has to have someone that missed her or misses her, you know? And I hope that we're able to identify her finally while her family or her friends are still around to get that closure. And I mean, they identified one of Gacy's victims just last year. So yeah, they absolutely this did. This is happening. It's, it's, it's something that is going on right now. And I really, I every time I see it happen, I consider it like a huge win because these people deserve everyone to know who they were. It's very important to center a lot of this around the victims because at the end of the day, who gives a shit about Robert Hansen? He's dead now, spoiler alert. And Yay. thank God for that. Um, I think it's important to talk about the women and who they were. And it's I am sad that we don't know more about them mm-hmm. because they deserve to be elevated to a place that he could never even dream of. I couldn't agree more. And it's it's one of those things where... I absolutely feel that way, too, because you can talk about Robert Hansen and there's a ton of information about him out there. But at the end of the day, it boils down to he was a piece of shit who fooled his entire family, who lied to everyone around him. He was not a remarkable man who did remarkable things in any way. And he's just going to get worse as things go on. And he sucked, guys. He sucked. And all that to say, this series is off to a pretty rough start. I think we can agree on that. (laughs) Yes. By this point, Robert has already started killing, but he hasn't quite figured out how he likes to do it. And next week, we're really going to see him find himself as a killer and start to come up with new and twisted ways to murder his victims. Not only that, but we're going to see him realize very quickly that he gets just as much joy from scaring his victims as he does from killing them. It truly does become about the thrill of the hunt for him. To me, Robert Hansen is one of those people who's truly evil because he really just doesn't see these women as human beings. I don't want to get too far into it, but we're really going to see this from him next week when he starts doing the whole pilot thing. And can I say something? He has the stupid ass Danny Rowling pouty look in his mugshot. Which legitimately infuriates me. It pisses me off to no end when these guys look mopey and sad after they've been convicted of being like literal human trash bags. Oh yeah, they're not sorry that they did what they did. They're just sorry they got caught about it and now they're having to face the consequences of their actions. Exactly. We have a lot more to cover next week, folks, and it is only getting worse from here on out. 
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a like and a comment wherever you're listening or a glorious and beautiful five-star rating if you get that option. Also, if you just enjoy the podcast in general and want to support us further, please make sure you subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. We're trying to hit 600 subs there and we are getting quite close. Yeah, fun fact, we hit the number of watch hours that we need to get partnered on there. So once we hit a thousand, we can apply and that would be super cool. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Don't forget to check out our merch on both Threadless and Etsy. The links are available in our bios as always. And speaking of links, make sure you take a peek at our Patreon where you can sign up for all sorts of exclusive content. It's that time again, friends. Thank you so much to our beautiful, wonderful, amazing, grim VIPs and up. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of our little black hearts to Bob, Pink Flamingo 20, Lisa, Atlantean Jedi, Hillary, Brian, Mayhem Mudkip, Kevin, and Judy. Seriously, you are all so amazing. We appreciate you all so, so, so much. As always, thank you all so much for listening. This has been The The Grim Grim Curriculum. Curriculum. So I have a, maybe a well-known fact. It was new to me. Um, But did you know the average person will shed at least 40 pounds of skin in their lifetime? And I think this is appropriate because you let me know that your snake shed today. Yes, she did. It was huge and impressive. I love it. Anyway, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.